Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. My pronouns are she, they. My home sits on the unceded land of the Tualatin, Kalapuya, Malala, Multnomah, Wasco, Calitz, Kathlamet, Clackamas, Bands of Chinook, and many other tribes that made their homes here in this America that we live in. If you're living in America, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, please think about ways that you can educate yourself on the land where you sit, where your home is, wherever that is in the United States. And that brings me to what I want to talk about before we get into today's podcast. I also want you to know there is a lot going on in my neighborhood. They um, were grinding down a tree in the neighborhood. It was trash day. My dogs are restless, even though I've already taken them on a run, and the cat is meowing at me. So if you hear a lot of background noise, you know what it's like. This is everyday life. I don't, um, I don't edit that out because that's not the podcast that I'm interested in making. Just like I don't want you to edit your life if we're ever together in the same place or you're ever doing anything, I don't want you to edit your life so that your life looks like you think I want your life to look or what you think society tells you your life should look. So if you're into that kind of podcast, that's awesome. I know that a lot of background noise can be a little bit frustrating and irritating, especially if you have hearing issues. I definitely am not gonna go let it get that chaotic. There's just things I can't control in my own home. I don't have a studio, so um, we make do. Other very important thing I wanna talk about is something that I talked a little bit about last week, and that is my archery workshop this Sunday, the 18th, nine to 11, and it's up at Washington Park Archery Range. I called it the Land Back Archery Workshop. All the money goes to the Red Blanket Fund. Please look that up. Um, the information, their link will be in the show notes, but they do amazing work trying to locate missing and indigenous, two-spirit women, anybody um, that goes missing. And um, I won't do their the work that they do justice so i highly recommend going to them they do work in as far as i know all across my coast which is um, washington oregon maybe idaho and maybe into northern california i'm not sure how far they go up our coast there's lots of different organizations that look for missing murdered and indigenous people I just picked one that's in my area because I wanted to do something specifically that is in the area where I live. And I also want you to know that anybody is welcome. The price of this workshop is a two-hour workshop and it's $80, but I know how I felt when I couldn't afford something, but I was really passionate about the mission and I just felt like what I had wasn't enough. You can pay what you can. I will let anybody show up. Space is limited though, so you do need to either go to my website and book, the link will be in the show notes. You can DM me through Instagram or Facebook and say, hey, I'd really like to come, 
but I can only afford 20, 40, 60, whatever, or I can't afford anything, but I want to come and support, you would have to then go to my um, Venmo and pay me through that. I really want to raise $500 um, for this cause. I know that that's, for me, that's a huge number. For somebody else, maybe it'd be a drop in the bucket. I have raised at this point $120. So I'm not quite halfway to my goal. Again, all of the money, every single dime, every snack I pay for ahead of time, every drink, every every token, all the equipment. You don't have to know how to shoot. You don't have to ever have picked up a bow. Most of the people I teach have never done archery before. I would say 80 to 90% of the people I teach have never done it. You don't have to have your own equipment. Everything is provided and every single cent will go to the Red Blanket Fund. This is not, I'm gonna pay myself first, which is totally fair if people do that. I'm gonna pay myself first, and then I'm gonna give the rest, everything I raise to the Red Blanket Fund. This is every single cent will go to the Red Blanket Fund. Nothing will be taken out. It's also a celebration of my birthday, which I'm gonna get into a little bit about today. It's, my birthday is very difficult for me, <laughs> so. It's my way of kind of counteracting my feelings around my birthday. So, Portland, September 18th, 9 to 11, $80 or pay what you can. Go to my website or go to my Venmo. If you're unsure, just reach out to me and I can tell you more about it. If you wanna just donate, somebody already did that. It was very meaningful to me and um, they don't live in town, but they did the experience themselves and it meant something to them, so they want to pass that on. If you want to do that, you can Venmo me. All that information will be in the show notes. It would mean a lot if you can't go, if you would share it. Share this podcast. If you're on my Instagram, um, Angie Fatal Soul Care. You can reshare and tag people. If you know anybody that lives in Oregon, please share it. Please talk about it. It's important to me. I think it matters. And I'd love to at least raise $500 for it. So that's my first business article. And then my second is, okay, switch gears, switch your brain. I know this is a lot. I usually don't do this at the beginning of the podcast. Hopefully you don't skip it. I will be going to Colorado for my annual meditative archery workshops. I will be there October 7th through the 9th doing multiple meditative archery workshops for the general public, for refuge kids, and for team building. If you are in Colorado or you know somebody in Colorado, we'll be in the Denver area. Actually, the workshops will be in Golden at the Angie Fatal Archery Range. I know, let's talk about it. If you know organizations that could really benefit from getting together, and if you know anybody, friends, family, acquaintances who live in the Denver area or who live in Colorado and would drive, 
to go do one of these workshops. I'm only there once a year and every year we have a really powerful experience. Everybody leaves feeling empowered, more connected to themselves and getting better at shooting the people that I have that come every year. Or I'm teaching lots of new people archery, which I love. It's open if you know anybody that their company provides money for team building exercises. I do a lot of team building in my line of work. I have done them for Airbnb. I've done them for Habitat for Humanity. I've done them for a secretarial group in Washington, and I've done them for housing and homeless advocacy in Portland. Please share. This is hosted by Beauty Heals, Kathy Escobar, and The Refuge, and I love going. And, I mean, again, I have my own archery range named after me there, so that's not half bad. (laughs) Okay. If you want to know more about the things that I do on an ongoing basis, please sign up for my email. That's where you'll get all the dates of all the different workshops, retreats, different things I'm doing, where I'm traveling. If you want me to travel to you, reach out to me. That's a possibility. If you're interested in discounts or the other work that I do, sign up for my email. It's not the thing that I do every single month because I don't like to be bombarded by emails. So when you get an email from me, it'll be full of pictures, possibly videos, and a lot of information about the things that I do made very concise because I know your time is valuable and I value that you would even take the time to read it and see what I'm doing. So without further ado, here we go. that I want to talk about today is hard birthdays and this idea that this time of our lives wherever your birthday lies on the calendar there's this idea often and I don't think it's just limited to the culture that I come from but this idea that it's you're supposed to be happy. It's supposed to be a good time. I mean, I know many people that celebrate for the entire month or for a whole week straight. They go out to dinner. They go, you know, they do multiple birthday celebrations, stuff like that. That's not bad or good. And In fact, I'm probably a little bit envious of people that can celebrate themselves like that because I find that very complicated. And in fact... Um, I really struggle around the month of my birthday and I'm pretty sure I've talked about some of what I'm going to talk about today before in the podcast. And so you can go back to my last uh, September episode or the September before that or the September before that. And there's probably going to be a tiny, tiny bit of repetition But I'm a changing, evolving person, and so there's things that um, have changed in me and evolved in me that will not be the same. But I was thinking this morning, 
I don't want to just talk to you about the discomfort that I feel. I want to also say for those of you out there that struggle around your birthday, that don't want to celebrate it, that avoid it, or then feel kind of trapped by it, are like me, probably a little bit jealous of those that celebrate it for a month or even a week, or you're like, I'm lucky to even mention it to people. Um, If you are that person, you're not alone. I just, I want to call out what I sometimes feel like is the elephant in the room, is birthdays are hard for some of us. And I'm sure it's not limited just to people with trauma, but that's my story. There's so many things around my birthday that happened that um, I don't know if I'm ever going to fully make sense of or, yeah, I I don't know. So I, you know, I had a birthday in my teen years or preteen, it was probably like 12 or 13, maybe I was 12 going on 13, where my parents pretended, this is a sitcom episode, pretended the whole day that they had forgotten, and I was miserable. And then it was either that day or the next day, they did a surprise party for me. And to anybody out there that's contemplating doing that to another person, don't do that. Don't pretend that you forgot. It's painful even when it is like, hey, surprise. It was painful for me because as well as having my parents act like they forgot and do a surprise party, my parents actually did forget my birthday at one point before that. So it was a triggering moment for me. So there's that. There's growing up and um, having difficulty with friends or your friends deciding they're not your friends or people not showing up to your birthday or, um, you know, people that you kind of knew loved you but then never ever could make it on the act- to the actual party that you were having because every single year they have something that they do and now I'm realizing <laughs> that I've sort of done this because one of my best friends, Tamara, her birthday is always when I go to Colorado. And I always feel bad, also because I'm in two on the Enneagram, I always feel bad and conflicted. But we talk about it and she knows there there isn't really another time I can go before the snow hits. And I can't go before that because people are still celebrating some are getting back into the swing of things with school and schedules and stuff. Anyway, so we talk about it and we both have just reminded each other that we love each other and that there is no way I will not celebrate her either before that or after that because she's important to me. But anyway, if you have any one of those things, complicated friendships, the people bullying you, people not showing up for you that supposedly love you, your parents forgetting, the fake surprise or the whatever, or you just don't like it because you are uncomfortable being the center of attention, you're not alone. It's a complicated thing and I want to talk and be open about the complication and I'd love to hear from you. I'd love for people, I'll put like a question in the show notes that you can answer But I'd love to know a little bit of your story or for you to just go, yes, 
I also feel this. Because it does help us. We, I think, often get very siloed and feel like, you know, we're the only ones that find it painful or uncomfortable. And we're not. I know people right now that find aspects of their birthday painful and uncomfortable. Some of us more than others. I think what happens for me, there's a couple things. So the first thing that happens for me is often it catches me off guard. And every year I'm like, I'm not going to get caught off guard this year. I'm going to notice, oh, this is probably birthday stuff. And I'm going to be kind to myself and gentle and whatever else. And then almost always it catches me off guard. And some of that is stuff I can't change. Like we moved my daughter back to university last weekend. And before that, we were helping her get ready, buying all the stuff and all that, all that stuff. And so I just didn't have time to feel the undercurrents inside of me that were going on. And then she leaves and there's a vacuum because I'm no longer needing to balance my work and, you know, outside of the home with archery and with clients inside the home and all the other stuff that I do while also wanting to be present and show up for my daughter. There's a little bit of a vacuum every time she leaves. So then all of a sudden I, it's almost like uh, the ice bucket challenge. (laughs) Remember that, you know, where I'm not only hit by a very cold, drenching bucket of ice water, but I'm caught off guard by it and I lose my footing. And I actually lost my footing the other day, getting out of the car to go on a hike with Tamara the dog started to run towards the road, and so I tried to step on their their leash and um, ended up falling into the gravel. That's beside the point. But also fits with the situation because then my first reaction was to kind of get up. I was all bloody, and Tamara's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, yes, I guess. And this is fitting to how I feel right now because my life feels a little bit like I'm stepping on uneven gravel. Or you know when they lay fresh gravel, this this was that big gravel that when you fall on it, I mean all gravel hurts when you fall on it, but really hurts. But that was a little window, that is a little window into, into how I feel. But was I aware it was my birthday? And this might be why I was feeling so off kilter? No, I was not. <laughs> I just kept building this week. I kept feeling more anxious and sad and angsty and some of that is missing my kids um you know and having them be so far away and have not be able to see them very often and some of that is just now where my life is a little bit more I don't want to use the words vacant and empty but it's got I'd like to be able to use the word spaciousness (laughs) But that's not how it feels right now. It doesn't feel very spacious. And I think what is happening inside of me, it is hitting all of those wounds. And my wounds are, I am too much. I need to tamp down my needs because my needs are too much for you, even though I know these are not true. And I've done a lot of work around them. When you're in 
turmoil, those things that you have worked on, sometimes you still have to work on. It hits this, you know, am I worth you showing up for me? Am I worth you loving me? What happens if I plan and you don't show up for me? And so the second part of what I want to talk about, and I hope there is somebody out, out there that can relate to this, is I, I know I've done enough work to know I have to do something or I will feel really depressed and unloved. So I have to do something. Um, that thing that I do has to be kind of a controlled environment where I know I don't want to have to be in charge of entertaining people. So for an example, I don't like to do parties at my house because then I'm constantly entertaining. I have to like make sure there's enough food. Is everybody okay? I have to clean my house. I, want, I don't have to do any of those things, but though doing those things makes me feel like my environment is more comfortable. And so it's just doing that is not comfortable for me. I don't like it. I also don't like the stuffiness of going to a restaurant so for years, I went to see the Swifts in Portland do their murmuration, and then it became something that I, after doing it like five or six years and loving it, I don't have to entertain anybody. I bring a bunch of food. Everybody else brings food, and we watch the Swifts do their murmuration, and it's amazing. It's beautiful, and... I get to talk to people and not talk to people. We get to ooh and ah, and, and it's nice. And then when it's over, after two hours, then we all go home. And it feels good to me. So I know some of the things that feel good to me. Also, if you don't know, that's okay. Because that doesn't feel good to me anymore. Because I felt like eventually that became something that people were doing because they wanted to go see the Swifts. And so they knew I would provide the party at the Swifts and they would start to ask me like in August if I was going to do my Swift birthday. And so it just, it started to feel not great to me because it started to feel like some people were coming because they wanted to like bring a date and they wanted to go to the Swifts, but they didn't want to go alone and all of that is fine. People are allowed to do that. But, but because of what I've learned about myself, it didn't feel good to me anymore. It felt like I was an afterthought. So then with COVID, I tried different things. None of them were very successful. And I'm sure we all felt and feel that a little bit. Like, especially any of you that had milestone birthdays, you know, teen you turn 13, you turn 16, you turn 18, you turned 21, you turned 30, you turned 50, like those things that you had to do either without family or friends or whoever's safe for you, you had to do it in a very controlled environment. That, for me, it just didn't feel very celebratory, whatever. Hopefully, we don't have to do that again. Um, but I know I don't want to do what I did the last two years. And then what I find is this pattern in me, which doing the Swifts every year kind of took away 
a lot of that pattern, but the pattern was still there. And my pattern then is to come up with a really good idea or an idea that feels good to me. Maybe other people are like, oh God, that sounds terrible. Whatever, you don't have to come. But for me, probably four out of those five or six years that I did my birthday at the Swifts, I would not, I would come up with the idea, okay, we're definitely doing that again. I want to do it on this day. I want these people to come. And then I would forget to tell anybody until right before. So it's, it's that thing where I'm actually not giving people a choice. So it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm not worth you showing up for me. I'm not worth you loving me. And then you confirm my own suspicions. But I've also given you no choice because people have busy lives. And some of that I think is, um, it's definitely a blind spot. Now it's not a blind spot anymore. Um, so some of that I, I cannot see in myself. And some of that also is just busyness. Like not, like much like, you know, me not realizing, oh, this is how I feel on the cusp of my birthday. This is a very similar. It's like, I don't intend to not send out an invitation. I get busy and other things are happening, other birthdays and school and jobs and stuff like that. And a deeper level of it is, I think, I don't want to be disappointed. Because inside of me, resides a child that was continually disappointed and felt rejected by her parents, by her siblings, by her friends at school, by her extended family, and still does to some degree. Not, not like I used to, but she's still in there. She is still trying to protect herself from getting rejected and she is doing it in the only way she knows how, and that is to reject, kind of cause the rejection before other people can cause it. And so what do I want to say about that? I think what I want to say about that is I noticed it last night. I actually was joking about it at my friend Jessica's birthday party because she's always super organized. She lets you know at least two or three weeks ahead of time. She lets you know the date and the time, what we're gonna do, and you don't even have to think about it. You just say yes or no, bring your gift, show up, celebrate her, it's great. I'm not her. And I laughed about it at her party and she was like, oh, that's because you're a Libra. Maybe that's true. <laughs> but I think it goes a little bit deeper than that. And so then I was mentioning it to my husband Todd last night and, and I said, you know, I do this to myself. I do this to myself, it's true. That's what really hurts. <laughs> I do it to myself. I let you know my birthday is next Saturday and I haven't, well, not next Saturday. It's like a week and a half, not even a week, half, half away. It's the 25th of September. So if you want to send me a birthday wish, 
I would love that. I'd probably feel uncomfortable, but I would still love it. Um, you know, I prevent people from celebrating me, which I do want some celebration. Because who doesn't like to be loved? Can I do anything about that blind spot that now has been revealed? Not really. I mean, there is the, there are things that I can do. I am telling you about it. I'm also hoping that somebody out there listening is like, I can relate. I do that. I feel that. Maybe it's not coming from a deep feeling of rejection as a child or abandonment or um, disregard. Maybe it's rooted in other issues, but you feel you know, in some way similar to the way that I feel. That helps to know that I'm not alone. And I know I'm not alone because I, like I said, I know other people that feel this way for different reasons. But it feels so good to know you're not alone. It just, there's nothing like it in the world to know that you're not the only one that finds certain things complicated or painful or you know, any number of other ways that you relate to something. Um, The other thing that I can do that is a practice of mine that I try to practice, remember what I say about practicing, it is a practice, it's a thing that I do, and then what does a practice mean? It's something that I'm trying to do. It's something that I'm working on. It's I'm practicing it. Like, I practice archery pretty regularly. I practice archery with mindfulness pretty regularly. I practice archery with meditation pretty regularly. Because I'm practicing it. So a practice, unlike what I feel like a lot of social media presents, is you already figured it out. You're a guru. You're an expert at it. That's not what I'm talking about, obviously. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the practice of paying attention. I can't fix what's already kind of set in motion. I can let people know who are invited, where we're going, what we're doing. By the way, we're going to this amazing place called Mountain View Orchards up on Mount Hood. We're going to eat pizza. We're going to sit outside. We're going to look at glorious Mount Hood. We're going to walk around the orchards. It's going to be amazing. You should check it out. It's a beautiful place. I can let people know that that's happening. I can accept that people can come or not come. I can allow myself to feel sad about it because it doesn't mean that people don't love me. The other thing that I can do is sit with that and notice it. And that's the practice of paying attention. It's like my body, the whole of who I am has gotten to the point where they can maybe trust me to go, We think you're ready to see this thing that you do. Not in a shaming way, but in a way we can trust you to maybe sit with it and notice it. And when you can do something about it, in a loving way to yourself, maybe you'll have a good idea of what you can do. And I don't know what that is at this point. All I know is until September 25th, I am going to practice paying attention. And if I have an inkling of something that I can do, I'll do it. And maybe next week, I'll tell you what I did. It will still not be my birthday, (laughs) but I'll tell you what I did.
what you can do is if any of this resonates, if your birthday is coming, if anything I said, you're like, that's me, you can also practice paying attention. What do you do? You don't have to fix it. But if your birthday is maybe coming in a month or two, you can go, okay, maybe there's something that I can do differently. Maybe I can hold a different space for myself. I've done that over the years. When I turned 50, I took like a hike every day and just was alone with myself and let myself feel whatever I needed to feel around that. And it was hard and good. I did a lot of crying. I did a lot of, well, maybe not laughing, but it felt good. I was with myself and I think that that was important because I am important, you are important and being with ourselves is important. So as you reflect over the next week, two, month, whenever your birthday is, maybe you just had it, just reflect. What do you do and what do you want and how can you give that love and care to yourself going forward? Practice paying attention to that. Where does it show up in your body? For me, I think a lot of times I store grief and um, a little bit of withholding, I don't know how to describe it, right in my chest. And I talk a lot about that because I think most of my feelings show up there. Also, if I need to cry, I'm going to try and give myself space to cry and feel, do the things I need to do. That's all I can do. That's all you can do. I want... I, I, I guess I just want a little difference moving forward for myself and for us. And I don't think that's too much to ask. You, you deserve difference. You deserve more celebrating, more celebrating that you, that you like, that feels good to you. And if that's seeing nobody, then that's what you should give yourself or you can give yourself. Just remember that you're worth it that you are worth knowing, you are worth loving, you are worth being in this world. Remember who you are. I love you.